0: So I'm proud to say in front of you all that I was able to get all caught up on Obi-Wan Kenobi by last night, got my sermon done, and then I had to, you know, I didn't want to confess to you all that I hadn't watched it all, but I will confess Stranger Things was a bigger priority, So, but I'm all caught up. Now, I thought it was important to get all caught up on the Kenobi story because, um, and you might have seen this on the trailer if you didn't watch the series, but part of the, the story behind Kenobi is um, when he says to someone, uh, we fought, but we lost. And so certainly leading up to the very beginning of the whole Star Wars mythology is that it takes place during the rise and the power of the Galactic Empire. And, of course, this is not a good thing. So when you start in the very first movie, you see how it is that people are oppressed by, by the Empire. They are very sleek and slick and clean and prestigious and powerful, but they're also using that power to oppress others. And this is kind of where Obi-Wan Kenobi comes in because he was once this powerful Jedi Knight, part of a great order. And they were defeated, and now they're all living in exile. So I thought as we were getting into this series, um, this is a great correlation. It's a powerful correlation because it helps us to see in our modern time that oppression still does exist. And it doesn't only exist in our reality. It also exists in our stories. But we also know through these stories that we keep encountering over and over again, that we are reminded over and over again that in the midst of dark times, a hero can rise up. So we see this not only in in Daniel, we see not just this theme, but also that uh, even in the Old Testament, this is one of the books that we call apocalyptic. So apocalyptic, first and foremost, is a genre which um, is a lot about revelation. It's not necessarily about end times, but it is about revealing something huge and cataclysmic uh, in our time. And again, that time may be our actual human time, but it may even transcend that. And so in the Old Testament, you have Daniel that is a paramount apocalyptic book. And then, of course, in the New Testament, you have Revelation that is more of the Christian perspective. So, for example, Daniel uh, is about the persecution of the Jewish community in the second century BCE, whereas Revelation is that community of Christians by the Roman Empire in the first century. So in both stories, you have these powerful forces that are going against these huge communities, gathering against people who really have very few ways to respond. But one of those ways, one of those responses is by shaping their own narrative, telling their own story. So what might it feel like to have an empire close itself Upon you, to have this great army coming, forcing you to move out, physically overpowering you, humiliating you, destroying your home, destroying all of the symbols of your past, of your community, of your faith. It might feel like this gigantic beast rising out of a great mysterious ocean. Or at least maybe that would be the way that we try to physically speak and articulate the feelings that we are going through, because how might it be possible to go through, to live through an experience like that, or really any experience in which we feel overpowered, we feel overwhelmed, we are unsure of what to do, we might even feel hopeless, and so thus it might give us hope to think back upon the stories of our faith, the stories of our people, or maybe just one person rising up and overcoming obstacles which may be similar to our own, or they might even be greater than our own. And then we discover that perhaps we too have the strength to keep going. These are some of the reasons we will be looking at the book of Daniel. And it begins, the story begins this way. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So see, right there, you're supposed to know everything that happens in that sentence, right? You're supposed to know who those people are. You're supposed to know when this is happening. You're supposed to know the the location and the people. You're supposed to know all of that context. But of course, this was thousands of years ago on the other side of the world. But the main thing to know, at least right now in this moment, is this word besiege. That one king came into the land of another and besieged an entire people. So this king, Nebuchadnezzar of the Babylonians, comes into Daniel's homeland and not only oppresses the people, but drags them out of their own homes and places them in his So in his mind, they are no longer Israelites. In fact, they never were. They were never really anything. But now, now they are Babylonians. So the evil here is not just the invading. It is not just the attacking. It is not just the destroying. It is also assimilation. The story goes on. The king commanded his palace master, Ashkenaz to bring some of the Israelites of the royal family and of the nobility four young men without any physical defect and who were handsome versed in every branch of wisdom endowed with knowledge and insight of course we're talking about Israelite insight and competent to serve in the king's palace they were to be taught the literature and the language of the Chaldeans, i.e. not their people The king assigned them a daily portion of the royal rations of food and wine. Again, Babylonian food and wine. They were to be educated for three years so that at the end of that time, they could be stationed in the king's court, not as Israelites, as Babylonians. Among them were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah from the tribe of Judah. The palace master gave them other names, Daniel, he called Belteshazzar, Hananiah, he called Shadrach, Mishael, he called Meshach, and Azariah, he called Abednego. It is making, forcing a community of people to be something they are not, including giving these four characters new names. We might even say slave names. And fortunately, as we know, this is still happening in our own time. But as we hopefully also know, there are those who do not assimilate. There are those whose sense of identity and determination are so strong that they are able to not only stand up to these forces of oppression, but they can also have an impact on them. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the royal rations of food and wine. So he asked the palace master to allow him not to defile himself. Daniel asked the guard whom the the palace master had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He says, please test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. You can then compare our appearance with the appearance of the young men who eat the royal rations and deal with your servants according to what you observe. So Daniel is able to convince this palace master to start them on a vegetarian diet. The result is that they look then look healthier and stronger than all of the other people who have been forced onto this royal diet, a diet which breaks their Jewish religious codes. But not only this, the four um, not only look stronger, they're not only healthier, but they actually have special abilities, powers, we might say. Especially Daniel. For the story says to these four young men, God gave knowledgeable knowledge and skill in every aspect of literature and wisdom and for daniel he also had insight into all visions and dreams in stories such as these we often see that the characters who have been chosen to stand up to these powerful forces to these empires to these systemic forces of oppression they are often given spiritual abilities special abilities Abilities, which, of course, personify their own inner strength and their resolve to stand up against these powerful forces. Among them all, no one was found to compare with Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they were stationed in the king's court. In every matter of wisdom and understanding concerning which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. In other words, they are gifted with such ability that it can't compare to all of these other quote-unquote powerful people in the Babylonian Empire. So King Nebuchadnezzar is seeing that these four guys somehow, for some reason, are able to transcend all of their other um, powerful people in the empire. What is giving them such special ability? What is just giving them this special power? This is the beginning of a very long story and a very long journey. We won't even get through all of it. We're really just going through the first half of Daniel. And actually, the more apocalyptic stuff is saved for the second half of the book. But we're going to be sticking on the first half to see how and maybe even why these characters are given that strength for the journey and how we might experience and even have that strength ourselves. Looking today at staying strong in anxious times. Anxious times. It seems to be the norm nowadays. Maybe it always has been. Maybe it was never really this reality that for the majority of the time things were pretty normal pretty uneventful. We maybe had one or two big things to worry about. And then every now and then there would be that huge surprise, that huge catastrophe that would sort of set us back on our heels for a while. And then like the great sitcoms of the eighties, we could say, well, it looks like everything's back to normal. We are not back to normal. I'm not even really sure what normal is at this point seems like normal now is a constant state of anxiety. Always wondering, always questioning, always waiting for that next crisis to happen. Always on edge, always tense, always exhausted. Maybe even always feeling alone, wondering if anybody else is going through this. Does anybody else have these questions? Does anybody else have these concerns? Does does anybody else see the world as I do? We can never fully know what another person experiences, experiences, but that's not what it means to be a part of a community. Being a com- part of a community is not about everybody being the same, going through the same thing in the same exact way. It does include learning from each other, seeing how we can help, how we can be involved, even if it is just to listen and experience somebody else's story. And in those moments, extraordinary things can happen. Over 2,000 years ago, a group of disciples met alongside other communities. Groups who each spoke their own language, maybe didn't really have anything in common with each other. In fact, spent a lot of time staying away from each other. And then one day, all of that changed. Now, there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Are not all those who are speaking different from us? And so how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? All were amazed and perplexed, saying to each other, what does this mean? Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children and for all for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this generation. So those who welcomed this message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Pentecost, among other things, is a reminder that we are not alone. It is a reminder that we are not alone, but it is also a time when we are given great power. We are given the power to remember. We are given the power to join together. We are given the power to know that we can stand up to these policies, to these Systems, to these realities, to these empires of oppression, and to say no more. And to know that we do so together, in our individuality, but also as a community. So, how will we use this power? How will we use this power that we have been given, that we have been rushed into? So that others may know that they are part of the power as well. How will we use our strength for the journey ahead of us? So I just wanted to show these to you because they were shared with me by one of the families of our congregation. Can we see the other one? So if you remember at the end of Jesus and the Lorax, well, we may not have had any by the time that we got to the current, but we had uh, seeds that we were giving out to families and, and children. Um, we got slammed by the other services. So I th- that's why you guys were able to take the trees, the, the styrofoam trees, because other people got seeds. So this was sent by one of the kids in our congregation. She wanted to let us know that her seeds were growing. And I think especially right now, when it may seem like um, nothing good is, is coming through, or everything seems hard and, and tough, and we don't have that strength for the journey, we are reminded that even in the smallest seed, when growth happens, it happens because of what God is continuing to do in our world. And God invites us to be a part of that. So this Pentecost Sunday, as we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, remember that with that power also comes a call to use that power to go out into the world. And it may be somewhere like Alaska, but it may also be somewhere like our own neighborhood, maybe across the street, maybe across many streets. But just know that God gives us the power to do what it is that we have been called to do. And that power may be very different from the person next to us. But as we come to this table, as we are fed, we are then given and re-given that power to be the very people we wish the world to be. So may you use that power for the good of God's purposes and know that it is within you. It is within all of us. And may you go in peace. Amen.